Hey kids, we are back for another episode of You Never Studied. I'm Evan along with my co-host... Hans. Hans. Yeah, his name is Hans. He said it three times, if you didn't hear. Uh, if you are new to this podcast, thank you for joining us. If you're not new, then you know that this is a news... Why haven't you invited somebody <laughs> to listen? That's right. This is a news, church, culture podcast. It is great to be with you once again, Hans. But we would encourage all of you to remember to check out our sponsor of every week's episode, PlaybackyardGames.com. Uh, uh, trademarkexpedia.com. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I think we do that way too much. Anyway, tra- uh, playbackyardgames.com is always the sponsor of our show. It is a great place to get outdoor games as the weather gets amazing. Uh, now is the time, so we'd encourage you to go check out that website and pick up something for your family this spring and enjoy being outside together. Uh, so, Hans, I think we should just get right to it because, man, do we have a show. Whoa! Whoa! Didn't you know? Okay, dude. So you sent me this article, and I cannot believe uh, it was just a great. It was just a great. It just feels in, in every way. It just has, you know, as the kids say, all the feels. Right. Well, the headline's I... great, and the story's great. So you sent it to me, and I said, "Yeah, let's talk about that." And I said that. On the headline alone. Yeah, so what's the headline? So the headline, this is from the NPR article that you sent me. It is, And you may have even heard about it. This made pretty big national news, which is Italian mob fugitive caught in Caribbean after posting cooking videos online. It's like it's like an onion yeah. you know, headline, yeah. but it's not. It's right. actually real life. So there's this guy who's you know, part of this hundreds, I think hundreds of year own year old Italian mafia organization. I'm going to butcher his name, but it's Mark Ferren Claude Bayard. Yeah, so he's been a part Biart. of this, and he's been in the Caribbean. Yeah, and uh, and wanted on drug trafficking charges since like 2014. Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> uh, so he spent years, you know, as a fugitive. Yeah, and he's been putting together for his love of food. He has started to he started a he's YouTube made a YouTube channel, channel about his cooking. But there's cooking. a unique thing about his cooking videos, which when you're watching a cooking video. You know, all the ones I've seen, you get the full experience. Right, they're talking yeah. They're to talking you, to you, telling you, know, you why. The, yeah, uh, yeah. Kind of even you, trying to ape Food Network and other yeah, things a little like bit. Yeah, like they're always yeah. trying to do that. But this guy was a little different. <laughs> this guy didn't show his face. That's right. It was a shoulder-down <laughs> cook, cooking video in his house in the Caribbean. I don't know why this just strikes me as so funny, but we were both laughing about it. And I, and, and I there's something to this, right? Like, this this this. Guy is is clearly got this love of food. He can't help but go. Well, sure, I'm in hiding, but also I should be able to make cooking yeah, videos. Yeah, I should still, be right? a YouTube celebrity. But now the reason that he got found out was not because of the of you, no one saw his face. It wasn't like a reflection in a mirror, you know, right, or something right. like that. It was his tattoos. Right, his tattoos. I mean, were at known. least wear an arm sleeve or something <laughs> like that. Right, like, like right. why show your tattoos off? Because like one of the things that the police are always doing. I mean, I played enough police quest in my life to know that you, if you have identifying marks on your body, those are pretty important to figure out who you are. Yeah. Right. So, so if you have tattoos that tell the world who you are, then maybe don't film a YouTube video with them sh- being displayed to the world where that's all you see because your face doesn't exist in the video right so he's already been extradited you know this is going to be a pretty big interpol you know case big trial you know drug trafficking all across europe all, all this yes, kind of stuff i think it was interpol 
that had the Twitter <laughs> video where it's like they find it's like the Twitter video of finding him, putting him yeah. on the on the plane. Then there's a video. There of is a little, there, yeah. There, there's a it's little like bit a of movie. like, ha ha. You know, yeah. I think that I think everybody was pretty pleased with themselves about, about this one. But so we had, I, I, Dewey talked about it. I had, I think, the normal take, which was like the hubris. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking of. The hubris that you have to have to put yourself out there yeah and 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 say ha 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 you'll never find me yeah. you went a totally different way with it which i thought i liked more because it seemed kinder right well i don't know if it's ki- i mean i i do agree with you about the hubris part like and we've talked about this in previous weeks with other things right uh the stupidity of thinking that you won't get caught hiding you know just continuing to you know just have uh, all of these priorities that don't make any sense for somebody that should be laying low or whatever, you know, like that's all dumb. But yeah, I think the, what got me is there is something to all of us. And I, this demonstrates to me a need to be known. Absolutely. That, yeah. And that was really good because yeah. when you, I, I would assume, I mean, if you are a fugitive yes. from the law, right. You, you, can't live your normal life. You, in a sense, are looking over your shoulder. Right. right? You're kind of always looking over your shoulder. So and I would imagine that would be true for people that are like in the witness protection program. Yeah. Anybody I mean, that anybody that sort of has to hide who they are. I feel like there would be this tremendous amount of pressure to be like, can I just? I need a friend. Do I need, something I, yeah. that 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 demonstrates who I am and what I love to somebody. Uh, and and maybe if I do it in such a way, like I can kind of get a little bit of that control back, a little bit of that of that need right, met. Right. And I, I so I think about somebody like this, and this dude did heinous things, and uh, you know, like I'm not I'm I'm not trying to like come to this dude's defense, yeah. right? No, but I think you yeah. brought up a good thing, which is even even the fugitive from the law who's yeah. trying to go. He, I I need some type of interaction. Yeah. Uh, maybe approval approval right you know right. like especially because you know if you don't want to get found out you just got to live differently i need people to, i need people to like me right and 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 that's because uh you know john dunn right like no man is an island uh uh or or woman um but i no I, human no, no human person. being is an I, the, the the niv says uh, of john dunn says no no person is an island i i i believe that i i think that we are created for community i think that we are um, we are created to have these relationships, right? And I, when we don't have uh, meaningful relationships with people who really know us, we start to crave it. We start to seek it out. And I think the reason why God has uh, uh, created us in such a way is because the only person who can truly know us as we are is him. And so what this, what this sort of brings out for me is that human that human depravity like like i want to i want to be known even even though i'm a mobster like i want people i want to feel a part of something i want people to know who i am i it, it can show up in notoriety it can show up in uh hobbies and things that i like i want i want to well, be part you know, of well and yeah. he could genesis uh 3 it because his wife made him start or had him start the youtube account so uh, he could be this woman this that woman you, this that, you woman that you gave me you gave to me if he wants to blame somebody which i'm sure he's used to blaming people and and and, and but it even goes to show you like he's he's in hiding with his wife and he's still going i i just need let's do it honey I, I yeah need, let's i need make the something video. else that makes me feel a part of the world a part <laughs> of the outside world i love that the it's like the police yeah, joke that his love for Italian cuisine made the arrest possible. <laughs> 
You know, but this is this is funny because I think about like everyone. I did everyone, and, and I feel it a lot in the COVID world. Everyone has their limit. Yeah. Of like, I'm done. Yeah. I'm I I uh, I can't do this anymore. Right. I'm tired of living in this way. I I just need to do something. Yeah. Um. That you know makes me feel a little more normal. Normal. Yeah. No. Uh, and that's so right. you know, like, and so. I don't know when he made hit his limit. He might have been, you know, in hiding for three years, and then at year four he was like, right. "Let's do something," yeah. you know, or year five even, "Let's do something." But uh, he, he, another thing that, that caught me, and this is just uh, neither here nor there on it, the amount of money that was spent to find a guy. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine that? I mean, he gets a fleet a free plane ride back. Yeah, he gets like lots of people escorting him wherever he's going. Yeah, he has, of course, people. There's like paid salary people. Yeah, culling YouTube videos. Right. Yeah. How, how many man, how tattoo? many man hours and at what hourly rate did this to, guy to get, get this guy taken get down? down? Yeah. No, that's a that's um, a valid question. That and that, but like, I've always joked or jokes the wrong word, but I'll say it in my church sometimes when I'm preaching. Do you know how many professions exist because sin exists? And like almost everybody, yeah. it's like if sin didn't exist, I would not have a job. Yeah, no, uh, and and I I think <laughs> I I know I, I like you said ne- neither he- here nor there to the main point, but there is something about going under you know ground because you are a drug smuggler, right? And and you're going, but man, I really like food. I know. Like in another life, you know, in the multiverse, there's probably a, just a version, a well, yeah, where, version he's just, of him. where he just cooks, and 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 almost it does even make you wonder, like, was he was he going straight? Like, was this like his sort of like, you know? I, and of course, like, I can't I can't speak to any of that stuff. But was he just like, I'm just trying to make a better life for myself? He he is he's Michael Corleone, really trying to just be olive oil and not be you know the Godfather. And I right. like that. That's obviously all of the humorous like side of all of this that I think everybody sees and. It, it makes you laugh, but but I I do I go back to this idea of of wanting to be a part of something bigger, wanting to exist communally with others, even if you can't fully reveal yourself. Right. You know there there and and I think you see that in churches. You see people that want the church thing, but maybe they don't want to be members, or they don't want to like get in leadership, or they don't want to pull themselves into a a small group or life group or community group whatever you call them um but they want to come on sunday and they want to they want to feel like they've they've got yeah, friends they dip there their toes in and, the they, water. and they've got and so like this reminds me of that like i want to be on youtube but obviously i can't like but there's things about me that yeah, if i were fully on that if i were fully on youtube i'm not sure would, i'd be accepted yeah. well this guy knows he and, wouldn't and he be knows accepted. he wouldn't be but, but in the, the church you certainly should be like bring it man yeah there are, there are, there are things in in people where they just go i oh, i just don't know if i can if I can do that. Okay, so what do you do if this guy shows up to your church? <laughs> and he's like, hey, will you guys accept me? And uh, he's like, and you're like, yeah, man, fully accept you. He's like, I heard your podcast. Yeah. I, I've been this guy. And just FYI, I'm also a fugitive from the law. Yeah, so do I'm, you still accept me? Yes, Jesus loves you and accepts you. And also and the, police the police are on the way, <laughs> on right. their way That's because right. you sold a lot of drugs uh, and you need to go to jail. That's yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, um, but there's great prison ministries. We'll get you set up, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you know. Uh, but anyway, I... I I, I don't know uh, how much more there is to say on this topic. We we, we dove into it, and no, I knew this would be fun. shorter. Yeah. But 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 I do I think about that need for community, that need to be known, uh, and and the different roles and relationships that people have with one another, 
And uh, I, I have been reading a book. I'm not done with it, but I, I, I dove into this book because it had a specific chapter that I heard about on a podcast. Uh, and I was like, ooh, I need to get that book. And so I, I got the book. It's a, it's a longer book than, than I've had time to read so far. But I wanted to go ahead and give like a two-part review of it. The first part being just reviewing just a certain chapter? S- section, a certain All chapter. All right, well, let's hear it. I want to hear about this book in the next section, segment thing. Hit the books. So I uh, picked up a copy of Dr. Matthew Barrett's newest you work. You may have heard of him from such episodes as... The None Greater episode. That's I don't right. remember which one we were talking about there. But either. The Attributes of God. It was a good episode. I remember uh, it, the topic was probably pretty good too. Um, but uh, this is the second Matthew Barrett book that we've reviewed on the podcast. I really like Dr. Matthew Barrett. Uh, he is a professor of theology at Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Everyone's a Midwestern. Um, and uh, uh, he is a um, uh, the executive director of Credo Magazine as well. Oh, okay. Uh, and he hosts the Credo Podcast. And so I listen to the Credo Podcast. Yeah, you're pretty big on, on the on the regular. And uh, it's it it's like it's that's stretching Evan's brain muscle. That's like oh, like trying to keep up with with Matthew Barrett can be difficult because um, he's bringing in. Like you know, the Kostenbergers and Da Carsons yeah. and people like that to talk deep theology stuff. You're like I'm driving. I'm just trying to order canes. But right but now. he exists in this. He exists in this um, area of writing that is interesting. I would say it's between high level academic writing and every uh, church member writing. It's yeah. in the pastoral library level of 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 writing. But also the theologically inclined church member. Yeah, the, you know, like he kind so of. So it's he, like a level up. It's yeah, not, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not in the Christian living section, right? And it's definitely it's, still yeah, theo- theology. Yeah. But like he also goes, I'm going to put end notes in my thing, not footnotes everywhere. It's not a scholarly work. But at the same time, like every chapter is going to have probably oh, fifty, fifty plus end notes. We hate it because we learned how to research. But be, but for the average reader, they're not going to look up every single thing. And so I actually do think that books with end notes read better uh and that that's a that's the right publishing choice for the category that he's trying to oh, kind of fine. hit and they're actually end of uh end the, the he he numbers them per chapter so it's not like it goes on per you know forever i would have liked them better if they were chapter end notes instead of full-on end notes but yeah. they are full-on end notes instead um so hot tip next book matthew barrett make them chapter end notes and we know you're a big fan uh yeah uh, uh you shook my hand true story I had, a, I had a guy text me uh yesterday and he was like hey i should know the answer to this but are you and evan actually friends with Ben Rector and I was like no uh, and he said did we say that a friend of the show yeah I was, I was like we call anybody a friend of yeah the friend show. of the show Matthew Barrett and he's like I've listened enough that I should be able to t- to <laughs> tell our snark not yeah. friends with Ben Rector I'm like well that's okay no uh, uh we would be if he knew us but he doesn't uh, he so. probably calls us friends of the show uh uh he <laughs> right? so anyway if the world's gonna end he, th- he talks about all the phone calls he's gonna that's, make that's that's absolutely true he's gotta call up gotta call us calling him and then hans uh, telling our... <laughs> them to go to dinner <laughs> call, telling them what a great show they have every week uh so i'm gonna I move think... my mic away now go so i i think that uh uh what he is addressing in this book, Simple Trinity, is an outgrowth of his previous book, which was the None Greater book, which was the Attributes of God. Now, we talked about divine attributes. Uh, if you uh, don't remember what those are, those are things like divine simplicity and uh, the immutability of God. God is unchanging. God uh, is not uh, of two minds. Those sorts of things, like the attributes of God. And then so this is called Simply Trinity. So at at the center of this is his argument that because God is one and 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 that is simple to understand God is one 
but therefore also triune because he exists in three co-equal persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that that simplicity has to inform how the Trinitarian relationships work. Mm-hmm. Um, and where I picked up into the podcast, because I don't listen to it every week, and I, it was midway into his, hey, I'm promoting my book. And it's like, so I'm on the other side of the table, and I'm talking about my book, and one of my uh, grad students is interviewing me, the kind of thing, who yeah. probably helped me write this book. That's right. Uh, so, <laughs> I mean, I understand how all that works, but it was a fascinating thing, because they were talking about the eternal functional subordination okay, so before, controversy. Yeah, the controversy, which if you're uh, basically anyone listening, you probably don't even fully No, it's know. not a big controversy. No, okay, yeah. so but what this academic was, controversy. yeah, it was essentially there was this kind of uh, rigmarole role. Yeah. Uh, there was this... I remember talking to Dr. Allison about it, being like, can you tell me what this whole hubbub is? Yeah. Because I don't, I don't know. Um, but right, there are times, and there's you need to understand that there's like an economic trinity, which yes. is a trinity of salvation. Salvation, yeah, yeah. It's, it's how God acted. How, yeah, you and, even almost say transacted amongst yeah. himself. And so there was there was economy. A, a, yeah. A time in the chronology of salvation where the Trinity functioned for yeah. us in a different way, but like, and you could even say is functioning different for us, ways right? the wrong yeah. way. Yeah, is functioning. Yeah, different ways wrong. But in a, um, in, a in a revealed way yeah. for us. Yeah, and, and that so we can how see. How is it happening for yeah. us? And yeah. then there's the uh, ontological Trinity, yeah. which is how yeah. you actually exist. Right. Always. Ontological just just means uh, it can mean like origin. Obviously, God doesn't have an origin because he's 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 ancient of days. He's ageless. But like but being. Yeah. Essential. Trinity, yeah. it also gets called yeah. because essential might be better that than is, ontological. You're, you're, yeah. you're, you're right. I um, went to the, our, our, our pre-show word. Well, ontological is is used, but uh, he Essent- he likes to yeah. use essential because so, he's one essence. So yeah. the uh, the way that this kind of it, it was weird because people started to talk about gender. Male and yes, female, yes. and they started to say, "Well, the son submits himself to the father because they were using economic Trinity right, arguments, right?" But they used they they then applied this to this is how God always always is essential is. Trinity, yeah, right? Like Jesus is not always crucified; he was crucified. right, right. But they like, were saying because he is quote unquote the son all the time, and the father is the father all the right. time, that that father-son relationship is exactly like our father-son relationship in that always the father is over the son, and always the father, or the, always the son is in submission to... Right. And so so what Matthew so Barrett does... That, so he goes to that chapter, which piqued your interest. Right, okay. yeah. So Matthew Barrett talks about how, uh, and there's, there's several theologians that kind of uh, cropped up in 2016, I think, uh, Bruce Ware being among them, he he mostly deals with Ware's treatment of it, um, of of EFS, eternal functional subordinationism, uh, or E E R A S, which is like a that the same it's the same thing, but they they uh, it's like the eternal I can't remember how they what there, there's a few acronyms, but they all mean the same thing, um, and so um, he talks about how this is actually against what we would consider like creedal Nicene orthodoxy yeah. about the Trinity, and and uh, he talks about how. Bruce Ware and Wayne Grudem started to talk about the differing uh, nature of the three persons in the Trinity was primarily, this is Ware and Grudem's EFS argument, is primarily down to role. Mm-hmm. Which one does what and how one is in relation to the other. And and Barrett's essential pushback is not only is that not the Nicene organization of the Trinity, meaning for 1500 years that's not that's not how we've been really thinking of the trinity but he he basically goes on to say um you're you're presenting social relationships within the trinity 
which is something that liberals used to do to talk about like social agendas right. like earlier on in the 20th century when the enlightenment had kind of like ruined orthodoxy and, and had started to just make everything strange you're 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 starting to make triune persons as like the epitome of relational community and all these other weird things and going just like the father and the son uh are are you know the son is always submitting to the father uh, so men and uh, women, you know, are created yeah, equal. They, 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 about, try to use that. they use it as a weird complimentarian thing. But he goes, but he goes, I'm as complimentarian as anybody else. But I don't go to that to justify that. A, I don't need to. The Bible does it just fine without without me getting to like you know talking about trinitarianism. And he goes, B, uh, the the there seems to be a push for a relational hierarchy inside the Godhead across all time. And he points out, he goes, if something is eternal, it's not functional. It right. is. <laughs> if it's always this way, it is who they are. And then we are very close to several <laughs> to several heresies that we have already dealt with. Chief among them, Arianism, which is a subordination of the son by saying uh, the son is less than the father. He's still greater than any of us, but less than the father. Uh, and, and he points out that the Nicene, meaning the early creedal understandings of Trinity that go, go back to... Athanasius and the Cappadocians and all these uh, great uh, theologians in church history uh, are are definitely uh, not what they were talking about. They weren't talking about roles. They were talking about the imminent Trinity being uh, the the distinctions being the generation eternally of the Son, the eternal generation of the Son, the only begotten, the eternally begotten. Right. The Nicene Creed says that's how you distinguish the Father and the Son. Is only the Son is generated by the father and then they say in the in the procession or spiration of the spirit which is just making spirit a verb uh but uh, <laughs> but the procession of the which is the filioque stuff who proceeds from whom uh, but the the son is generated by the father and the spirit proceeds from the father and the son and that is the imminent trinity and that's how this that's how we define who those co-equal co-eternal persons are and how they function in the godhead right anything else than that you're in the economic trinity and you're talking about salvation. And so like that's that's Barrett's whole point. And he often talks about and this is this is what I love about Barrett because he's so heavy on church history and he goes, "Well, let's look at what the fathers say. And let's look at what the you know, the early patristic guys said. Let's look at what Anselm said or Augustine. All these and he goes and he just builds case after case after case after case of going, it's never been understood this way. It's never been understood <laughs> this way. It's never been understood this way. So I, I just really found it helpful. So check your endnotes sometime and see in that chapter if there's an ETS article from true friend of the show, Mike Spiegel. Because some years back, Dr. Spiegel— Probably, because this was Dr. all going Spiegel down in ETS. posted a, a 71-page paper where he went through the Trinitarian views— of the early church authors so he presented this paper i'll get the title in a second but essentially he then goes through and he gives a key and he has this key of there's they probably held this view mm -hmm. they possibly held this view right they it's improbable there's poor evidence or there's no evidence right and he gives you five categories eternal mm -hmm. functional equality mm -hmm. they're always the same incarnational functional subordination right yeah which a uh, lot of people would have, would have totally affirmed yeah. yeah um economic functional subordination eternal functional subordination um with ontological equality huh. and eternal functional those are really split hairs too yeah, ontological that's... subordination yeah right so the first four have on being there they are the yeah, same they are the same the fourth version or the second version of efs 
is ontological subordination. And if you just look, dark means likely clear evidence. And if uh -huh. you see on the economic functional subordination, like all the people, and he looks at the Didache, first Clement, Ignatius, Polycarp, Barber, oh, yeah, second yeah. Clement, Hermes, <laughs> like, like Justin. Like all the way back Polycarp, to the beginning, like 100 AD. Yeah, 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 like 100 AD. Yeah. He goes way back and he's like, basically these guys early on recognize the economic function much differently than they recognize the rest. So and, and so one of the things that Barrett talks about and and uh, I know this is probably in the weeds for the average like listener, but one of the things that Barrett talks about and I do think that this is very key and this is why good theology matters. Yeah. Because if you get into narrow biblicism, in other words, well if the Bible doesn't say it, then you can't know for sure kind of stuff. Yeah. Is I was like that's actually uh, poor hermeneutics and poor theology because the Bible doesn't say Trinity, right. but we would actually say anybody that doesn't believe in Trinity probably can't be a member of our churches, right? And so uh, there there are things that are constructs doctrinally that we that we go this scriptures do say this, but we have to put words around this uh, because Revelation is progressive and God didn't go okay. Scripture's not just sufficient; it's exhaustive. Here you go; everything is here. Uh, it's that's not how the Bible works. Let the, me look up Trinity in my right. The Bible in the, in the, the back. God, yeah, the, yeah, it's fine. So, so, so a lot of this stuff took the church time, and still takes the church time to give language to, because yeah. language is imperfect, and God is perfect. Uh, to give uh, it's uh, lo right. logic to, right? We have to apply logic and reason to ideas where we go, okay, well, what is triunity? If God is mm -hmm. one. Um, as we would have to affirm, God is one. We know that, but yet can seem to coexist in three persons as is revealed in Scripture in the New Testament, then that takes time and logical effort and reason to to come up with. And I don't think that EFS people are in bad faith trying to uh, to to go against orthodoxy, but I do think that there is danger, particularly as it relates to doing things like attaching gender roles so this to the I, I think i think t two things i remember dr holstein saying this to me which was uh he was like i'm a firm believer in theology by bump and what he meant was you don't articulate how you f feel about something until it's challenged yeah and so that's why creeds develop and yeah that, yeah because yeah, they're like hey area <laughs> so it's how the canon developed because go, marcion started ripping out pauline <laughs> books and he was like i don't like paul and they're like okay we need to stop this guy from taking apart the bible that we're already all believing in and we need to tell everybody what the books are <laughs> <laughs> so it's yeah. it like and it's true for anything it's like hey you know do you love your wife yeah i love my wife why you're like i well i Okay, like then you, start, then you start to like. How do you know? How do yeah. I know you love? Like, yeah. and so you start to articulate all those things mm -hmm. as they're being challenged. As they're being and that's challenged, how question. theology gets developed and mm -hmm. language changes. And so you need new words. Uh, I mean, you even talked about uh, it, in Trinitarian sense. You don't like the phrase from the Christmas hymn, "Veiled in flesh." Yeah, well, and it, it, it's right? because yeah. the language has moved into where the and way I, we say that. Yeah. Does, maybe doesn't mean the same. It doesn't have the same feel. And, for and you. there's a po there's a poetic license to it that I totally get. It's poetry, um, but like. He but, wasn't veiled in flesh. He became right, flesh. Right. So it's not like, like yeah, it's not like he's just kind of sitting over. Yeah, you. it's not a fake. It's not a fake out. Like like there's two natures. He fully is flesh. If he's right. not, then 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 this whole thing's a sham. So veiling is uh, poetically uh, with poetic license. I get what it means. It means you look at Jesus and suffering servant. You know Isaiah yeah. fifty three. Like you're not going to know that that's God. So in that sense, his deity 
you know, his incarnate deity is veiled in flesh. He just looks like a normal dude because he's not walking right. around transfigured. But that takes a long time to explain. Right. And it could just seem like you're being like, okay, so he's not really human. Uh, you know, you could, you, even with some charitability, like you could misunderstand that. And so uh, I still sing it. Cause right, I, I, it's a you good know, song. It's a good song, but yeah. But that, uh, that's the yeah. shifting of language where you go, hey, yeah. that language may not work or we don't use veiled the same way. That's yeah. number one. And then... I'm not sure the origins of the debate, honestly, but there sometimes looks like it looks like the the concern is you feel the need to defend a position. Yeah. So you then go backwards from the position, and and like so you're yeah. you're you're the you're trying to get to that being your solution. Complementarianism. We need to make a stronger defense of complementarianism. Right. Because the egals are everywhere, mm-hmm. and so let's let's root it in the the Trinity. Let's root it in the entire as if character. rooting it in the created order, which the Bible does, isn't enough. And so, like, let's just go back. Yeah. And so, I think sometimes when you when you come to a position to try to defend another, that's when you you're you're starting with a the solution, and you're not starting with what you need to, which is what do the scriptures say? Uh, so, word to the wise. Yeah, and I don't and I, cook YouTube videos <laughs> reading about the Trinity. Well, and I think like the 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 subjugation of the son, the idea that the son is under the father, that that's confusing for anybody, right? Like that. I that's, remember being like, in seminary with yeah, Doctor Harrell and being yeah. like, "Can you explain to me like not now, my will but your will?" It seems yeah. like Jesus is submitting himself, and it's hard to think about the submission of the son to the father. As at a moment in time for our salvation, mm-hmm. as different from how, how they have how it is, yeah, how it is, and so that's it. it I, and I remember being like, I don't, I don't get what's going on here. It, it, and that's the thing, Trinitarianism. Like, to, to, I think that's why you know you can call the book simply Trinity, but you know the book's four hundred pages, it's, right? <laughs> it's simply about the Trinity, right? It's, and so it's and not it, called simple Trinity. No, it's called simply <laughs> Trinity. But but he's and he's he's pushing it's like in on simply the, orange. He's it's pushing just all it is. It's right. just, He's pushing in on the idea that because simplicity, divine simplicity, is an attribute of God, that that must mean triunity is simple. There can't be multiple wills. There can't be right. all of these all of these different. Right. And 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 where that gets tough is in the economic trinity, not the ontological trinity or the imminent trinity. Imminent, right. Where 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 essential where God is going. Hey, uh, you, uh, me, take on flesh. Right, and now there are two natures in one of those persons, and those two natures don't commingle, and so all of the things that are happening in the human nature of the son are fully human things that are happening, and all of the divine nature of the son is still fully divine. So what makes the Trinity even tougher is you're also dealing with the hypostatic union of the second right. person of the Trinity. And there's humanity in that, and right. we know, when we understand that, but it's not like no, there's like <laughs> I, you know, it's not that there are like, there are two. There's there's the spirit. I mean, there's the flesh and there's God. Uh-huh. But that is who the Son is. Right? Yeah, like yeah, so, forever so, for all yeah. eternity and now. I, and so so sometimes it is a little dangerous to be like, oh, this is the the human Jesus talking. Uh, is it is it uh, Docetism? What's the one that kind of splits Jesus into two? It's like oh, there's human Jesus and there's divine Jesus. Well, Docetism is the veiled in flesh. The and, human and, Jesus yeah, is and, just the skin suit. Okay, it's yeah. not that one yeah. then. Uh, you know where you kind of separate these guys out. And you go, oh well, we're in my reading. I'm going to tell you the human Jesus versus the divine Jesus. Right. Yep. Uh, and you like, you can't do that. It's just Jesus. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. It's just. I, I it's remember Doctor Bingham being like, 
when Jesus Jesus didn't give up omnipotence nope. when he was on earth. Nope. Um, what is, or, or omnipresence. I remember what he said about omnipresence. It stuck with me ever since. Jeff Bingham, who's now at Southwestern, or, uh, yeah, Southwestern. Um, he was like, is, om- is omnipresence not anything but the ability to enact your will anywhere at any time? Yeah. So when Jesus says, go home, your servant's well, or your child's well, yeah. isn't he demonstrating that he's omnipresent? Because he's not there right now. Yeah, <laughs> and he's- uh, absolutely. <laughs> or he just straight up, yeah, he just straight up heals people like 60 miles away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, <laughs> like, yeah. So. Like he's, he, and because they look at Philippians 2, and they're like, oh, he emptied himself of his omnipresence. And he's like, no, he didn't. Right, <laughs> like, right. So, like- so uh, and, that's, and that can be the other thing, the condescension in Philippians 2. You can go too far with it, and you can think that like something happened, and, or, and there's, there's so many heresies that you can easily tip into and it starts with jesus and it starts and like, like with jesus Jesus is where you jesus get in is trouble. the stumbling block yeah. right like he's the stumbling block for a lot of people and and so you have to be charitable with this stuff but at the same time like you said you can't work backwards from a different idea i don't know if that's what where is doing grudem i'm not so sure about uh where definitely has probably been an efser for a long time and it just ca- ca- caught up with him in 2016 um and uh and there's been a lot of people that go whoa hey man no uh, and so, and I think there, part of that is a, not a rediscovering, but in the Southern Baptist and a broader kind of low church, uh, a rediscovery of, of creedal, uh, and reformed, uh, uh, you know, Christianity has probably prompted some of the pullback from EFS and some of the other things, because you, you do move away from that, that biblicism where you just go, well, if it, if it's in the Bible and it's not in the Bible, then we can't, you know, eternal generations, not in the Bible, like that kind of stuff. And, and, and that can get you in trouble really, really fast. Hey, so unrelated to this, I want to, we're talking Bible and you gotta, you know, there's things in the Bible that aren't, uh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, biblicism's good, but some language evades us. Yeah. Right. And so the Christian is always telling stories and the Christian's always trying to make connections and, um, and so there is seems to be some freedom that we get creative license in how we express things to people. Uh, Andrew Peterson right now, right? Like he's a, it, you know, Holy Week and all that, like his storytelling and yep. Christmas, it's behold. Sure. Uh, I'm curious your thoughts on something that came out by uh, – it's a story, yes. totally made up, but also – by a believer and, and a little intense. Yeah, man. And I want to get your thought because this is a study break for me. Yes, this is a study break for Hans. So let's talk about it. All right, study break time. Hans, yeah, you, okay. You, so you, yeah, you showed me this recently. Thing. The NF, which is Nathan <laughs> Forenstein, uh, he's a rapper that I NF really like. does sound cooler than yeah. Nathan Forenstein. Yeah, I, I don't know if I got his name right. Anyway, I really like him as a rapper. And one of the things that I I like about him is that I can listen to him with my kids because I like rap. Because uh, he doesn't, he's not sweary. He's not a profanity guy. Yeah, you know, yeah. um, he claims faith in Christ. I don't know his story. Sure. Uh, he raps. He has rapped at times about his faith, but his he's not like uh, he's not like an Andy Minio or Lecrae. No, he's not writing, at all. He's he, rapping about Christian things. Like I think one of the reasons that I I resonate with him is because of how angry he can seem sometimes. <laughs> And uh, and so he's really raw. Yeah. Uh, but he just came out with a mixtape, and I think it came out because he can't tour, and he's like bottled up. Yeah. There's so many. How many are, like people are releasing like four albums during yeah, this time? Yeah. And so he did yeah. this. But anyway, I we just watched. I think what what was one. Uh, I'd say for his mixtape that just came out, 
the most interesting because he essentially wraps a story and yes. the story's about a heck of a bad day. Yeah, it's not a good uh, day. And then it's dramatized. The video is it's like a short film. Yeah, yeah, the video becomes the story and yeah. when you listen you listen essentially to watch it together, to the rap, yeah. Yeah, so it, and, and so essentially this thing is about a gal who's having a bad day and NF is rapping from her perspective and she basically stumbles into a botched She's a part of it. A botched convenience store robbery. Yes. And so you watched it. We didn't talk about it. I just want to know how you felt about watching. Like, what was going on with it that was, video? It was. It was. Uh, it's hard to watch. It's. Uh, it's graphic. Um. Uh. It, it's, it's violent. Um. PG thirteen. Yeah. It's PG thirteen. But but like but yeah no uh, uh but tra- traum traumatic. Uh, it, because it feels pretty real. Uh, you know they do a good job of kind of setting everything up, and it's just a story. The song is called "Story." He was seriously like, I just wanted to try. I just wanted to try and I wrap to a try story. To see if I can wrap a story. It's really good, man. I uh, you know, rap is not my bag. I am not. No, uh, not. I am not a hip hop like rap guy. Andrea always makes fun of me because she'll be like, "Oh yeah," and like some nineties rap song or hip hop song will come like, on. I don't know, and I'll be like, "I don't know." Hans Give probably me the knows. Yeah, yeah. Try <laughs> back then. I was listening to Hootie and the Blowfish and the Hooters. Uh, um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I I enjoy that stuff as as novelty like that, where I'm just right. like, wow, um, that's really good, and I can recognize the artistry in it. I think he's a really good rapper, um, and uh, and definitely raps in a compelling way. He's got a lot of rawness and edge that's to his the thing. rap. I, I think that if you listen to him, yeah. like, I think Courtney was reading some reviews on it. It was like, man. That mixtape just sounds like he's miserable. And yeah. he's really not. Yeah. But I think some of it's just his style. I think, yeah, his his approach is yeah. is like very in your face. Like that's a lot of how he raps. Yeah. Um if you don't maybe one of the things Let You Down is a really famous NF song. Okay. You've heard, yeah, that was his platinum like single. Uh and so that's a song many people might know. Don't let me down by the chain smokers. Got that's it. Exactly. Yep. Don't anyway, let me so, yeah, down. I was just curious what you thought. And then also like just what do you think about uh a professed believer? Telling, telling something telling that a dark. Violent story. Uh oh, I that's a you sprung that on me. I I um there's violence in Talisman's Code You're available at Amazon.com. Guy. That's right. I was thinking like yeah like, no I think that's fine. Um uh I don't I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with that. I I would have maybe enjoyed a, a redemptive edge, but I think I will say this. This is this is a this is a thought that I'm that I'm constantly struggling with is it how much pressure to apply to your art mm-hmm. to have a redemptive arc to it or edge to it or a uh, note in it. Um, and I think that's something that Christians have to wrestle with as artists, because obviously we believe in it, but it's like everything. What if you just want to go, Hey, uh, not all the Psalms are like, and then I went to the sanctuary <laughs> and then I remember like a lot of them do like Psalm 76, like it's one of my favorite Psalms of all time because it is that it's like, everything sucks. And then you're just like, oh, wait, no, I went to no, the temple. It's, I don't know. it's gonna be okay. But not all of them are that way. And so like there there needs to be room for for different types of, of storytelling. But I but I but I do I do wonder, you know, like if all of your storytelling is always dark, that might not be good or very representative of, of Jesus. Uh, and and so but I but I but how dark or violent or whatever can you get? You can probably get pretty dark or pretty violent. The Bible the Bible's pretty Bible dark and pretty does, dark yeah. uh, and pretty violent. So I I, I think that like I think that that's okay, but but I do think as a as a Christian, and again, I, I, there's no judgment on NF. I don't know his body of work, and I don't know who who he is really. But like, <clears throat> whatever Christians are doing, and whatever sphere they're trying to exist in artistically, uh, whether that's telling a story uh, with a book or something like I've done, or trying to write songs, or uh, 
I don't I don't think you are beholden to be like, well, you can only write praise and worship music or you can only and write And then what do you think about you know, this which is like Christian really, novels. really for him he's like he might get done with it and go, I don't like that. I, I don't like that. Right? Like, like mm-hmm. what freedom does the believer have to go, I'm going to try to do something. I'm going to take a risk. I'm going to yeah. do something I haven't done. I'm going to put it out there to be critiqued, and like like in a podcast by people I've never met. Cancel them. Um, uh, no. <laughs> and so, so <laughs> right? Like, I, I want to, like, one thing I want to tell people, anybody's like, take risk. Yeah. Like, do it. Yeah. And if it's bad. We'll then, tell you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> if it's bad, then people you People will do tell it. You, you if don't, it's bad. You don't do it again. Yeah. And, and so- I think sometimes what I appreciate about somebody like doing it is is you, you fear sometimes a bad reaction so you don't do it. No, and 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 I think the like it is sanctifying to do something that might have a bad reaction. Well, and clearly yeah. by him setting up guideposts, going, "Hey, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna curse in my music." Like he's setting up guideposts to go. Here's here's a point of no return. So he clearly considers those things very carefully. I had to do that in my book because I had to go. Bad guys would probably swear here, but I don't want to write that kind of book. Yeah. So I have to find a way to make them still seem like a bad guy without being like, oh, fiddlesticks, foiled again. <laughs> I know, right? yeah, man. So it's always I get a it. thing, right? But I guess this is where we can end it. It's, it's like this. Uh, believers are always having to deal with their dual citizenship. Yeah, right? Like It's absolutely. really single citizenship, but you know, living here yeah. in this world, in we're always dealing of, with that. In not of. And so we're doing it in how we do our theology and thinking about our faith and our life. Uh, we're doing it in how we live our lives. We don't want to live in hiding, like you know, what's his name, Italian man making yeah. his videos, uh, and and we're trying to figure out how to connect with people who don't know the Lord, yeah, uh, and also be able to give them hope. Yeah. So I think in all of that, uh, you know, try stuff. Amen. And thank you guys for taking a risk and trying. You never studied once more. But tell your friends. Tell your friends. We need more people to listen to this show because it's a lot of work and you guys aren't doing a good job of telling people. Just kidding. <laughs> no, we love you. Yeah, we love all of you, all all 50 of you. Thank you for continuing to listen and uh, we will see you guys next time. Like, share, subscribe. Share for real though.